From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name is Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation, and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, as was widely expected, the Reserve Bank has lifted interest rates today. It's quite unusual for the Reserve Bank to move during an election campaign, although it's not unprecedented. Who benefits from this politically at this point, do you think? Well, just uh, on your point of being unusual, of course, the last time this happened was in 2007, and that was the election that John Howard lost. The governor of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, made the point that there was absolutely nothing political in this decision. He stressed their independence and that the objective situation has demanded this sort of action, that inflation has risen faster than expected, that unemployment is low, that there are signs of uh, labour costs, wages starting to move up, and that this all means that it was time to start to normalise things. And also, he indicated uh, that rates will not just rise this time, but will continue to rise over the period ahead and could reach a level, a more normal level of 2.5%. So there's from the home buyer's point of view with their mortgages, uh, there's a lot more difficult news to come over the coming months. Now, to your question, who benefits politically? I think this is quite hard to answer. You would think that uh, in many cases with people really feeling the pressures of cost of living, that the government would be the one that suffered through a, a rate rise because it just adds to people's general feeling of not being able to keep up with things as they see groceries going up. Okay, they've got a bit of temporary relief on petrol, but they know that that will again go up uh, in coming months when the uh, excise cut is removed. And in that sort of circumstances, they would feel tempted, you think, to uh, vote against the government. And also, it's interesting that an essential poll came out today, and essential found that 40% of voters judged that Labor was best placed to manage the issue of cost of living. This compared with 30% who trusted the coalition to better manage that issue. So that's not very good news, obviously, for the coalition. On the other hand, there is another school of thought that says that in uncertain times, people are less likely to change, more likely to stick with the status quo. And this is certainly the sentiment that Scott Morrison is playing on. He's saying that it's no time to take a risk. Uh, He mentioned a couple of times today the fact that Anthony Albanese, of course, uh, couldn't name the uh, unemployment rate or indeed the cash rate at the start of the campaign. And he's in general playing up the dangers, the alleged dangers of change. Okay. And given all of that, and given that people are probably feeling some anxiety around rates going up, Labor's launch last weekend, even though there was no sort of big policy announcement, there was a sort of modest grab bag of policies. And some of them 
in hindsight, seem fairly smart uh, because they're targeted, for example, to housing. That's right. I thought the launch, in fact, went well for Anthony Albanese. Don't forget that he'd just come out of uh, that bout of COVID. He probably wasn't feeling his best at all, and yet he did perform with reasonable energy, and it all went quite smoothly. I think it was wise for him not to try to get some showstopper policy as a a centrepiece. He's got policies out there on aged care, childcare, range of other things. Also, to be spending a large amount of money at this stage of the campaign, given the inflation situation and and other economic considerations, uh, probably is not wise. And the grab bag of initiatives, modest initiatives he had, as you say, struck, I think, some campaign chords. women, the housing affordability issue, climate change, and so on. On the housing scheme, it is quite a modest initiative, his plan for uh, Labor government to take equity in uh, the houses of people in lower and middle incomes, the house buyers in those um, income brackets, although the scheme itself uh, has critics as, as well as supporters and could end up quite quite complicated in the detail, I think. But nevertheless, he was making a a gesture to the issue of housing affordability, as the government has done also earlier on. Okay, and today's interest rate hike is another headache for Treasurer Josh Frydenberg to manage. He's got a few of them on the go at the moment, not the least of which is holding on to his seat of Kuyong, which is being fiercely contested by one of the Teal independent candidates, Dr Monique Ryan. How is that going for him and how worried do you think they are about losing that seat? I think the Liberals are very worried about uh, several of these so-called Teal seats. That one in Victoria, Kuyong, and and also Goldstein in Victoria, Wentworth and North Sydney in New South Wales. There are strong campaigns by the Teal candidates in all of those seats. You saw Josh Frydenberg uh, with a big, big launch meeting on the weekend. There's a, a lot of signage in the electorate and there are huge amounts of money being spent by him and by the uh, the Teal campaigners. So the results in these Teal seats at this point Very hard to predict, I think, because uh, they're quite uh, difficult contests for independents to win. They've got to get a very high primary vote themselves, end up second, drag down the Liberal vote, and even when they've got quite a lot of support, that's hard to do. However, if Josh Frydenberg uh, was to be defeated, that would have, uh, I think, quite widespread implications, not just of itself, but what it meant for the Liberal Party, because you would presumably in those circumstances have the Liberals in opposition. You would presumably also have Peter Dutton as uh, the the favourite to, to lead them. But as well as that, I think you'd have a lot of pressure within the uh, Liberal Party generally, not just the Parliamentary Party, but more widely, to move quite decisively to the right. And uh, that would really 
reframe what a, a liberal opposition would look like compared to a, a liberal government. All right, it's turning into a very interesting election campaign. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. Great to talk with you as always. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.